because then when we're not building and creating this place, we're just talking to one another. And I think today it's just it, that's the most important thing. It's the most important thing. Um, um, there's a lot of things going on this time, and I know that one thing that's so important for us is family. And I know you guys are you guys are visiting family or came back. I know friends just came back from Texas from family. And uh, but I want this place to be like we push it all the time. Our 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 core values here is that we encounter Jesus. Like we want to know His presence. Uh, we we want to become family. I know we don't want to just be a church. We want to be church family where we stand together during good times, bad times, hardships, and celebrations where we stand together and celebrate one another. Uh, then we want to we want to uh, embrace uh, that there's a gift in all of us. We want to discover our purpose, and that's number three. And, and finally, when you when you encounter Jesus and, and and you become family and you discover your purpose, that's when you can make a difference. I really believe that God wants to heal people's hearts, wants to launch people out in in all sorts of ways that they're doing, and um, and just uh, in this season. Uh, I want to do point two. Let's, let's embrace and become family. All right, guys. So uh, right now we have uh, Ben and Kayla and, and, and uh, their families in, and they're going to do some Christmas carols for us. And uh, uh, one last thing: um, if you are, uh, uh, we have been Hill State Church for about four months, right? Uh, uh, this uh, this morning we heard some bad news of uh, Pastor Leonard, one of his son, uh, his son. Uh, passed away this morning, so uh, I want you guys to be here for a minute so this morning, um, and, uh, just pray, pray, I won't give you all the details, but it's, it's just not good, but just, they had lost a son previously, a couple years ago, like uh, probably six, seven years ago, and lost another son this morning, so you can just imagine the heaviness of the weight. And I just know more than anything, we need one another. There's people in this room that are suffering, that are going through hardships, that need you. And I ask for those who are struggling, to be honest, and for those who are, are, are who feel like everything's going well, let's, let's give people our presence and our love, and let's get into people's lives. We need to be the family of Jesus Christ. That I know we come from crazy family. We need to move that crazy family, and we need to, be, uh, we need to bring God's family out of this. All right, guys? I'm going to pray, we're going to sing, and we're going to run today. But the most important thing is the person right around you. It is not the service, it's not the truck, it's not the black curtain, it's not the sound system. Nothing. It is Christ and His people. So we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we know that there is uh, joy today. We know that there's family today. We know there's hardship today. But more than anything, we ask for your love, your peace, and your presence. And I pray, Lord God, to bring strength to Leonard and Teresa and Thrive Church this morning. I pray for those who are in this room that are struggling, Lord God. I pray for those who have lost loved ones. I pray for Pam and Jim this morning as Christmas season is coming. We do not forget you. We love you guys. Um, we pray for those who have lost grandmothers and fathers and mothers. And I pray that as memories are, uh, as, as this is the season for all those memories. And I pray in those times, Lord God, that you can bring peace, Lord God, and bring people around them, Lord God. To bring them joy, Lord God. The most important thing is you and one another. I pray that we are focused this morning and every morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Let's let's uh let's let these guys sing it out for us. Go ahead, Kevin.
We point to Jesus. I pray that be our focus, that be our life. We seek you first, your kingdom, and everything else, Lord God, will be added unto us as well. So we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. They're going to pass around hats and bags, because that's how we're doing in beans. And so thank you for your giving. We, uh, we do have um, Christmas pictures afterwards. So uh, bring out your kids. Bring a, a sit on, sit with Santa. Sit on Santa's lap, which is kind of weird, but don't <laughs> uh, But uh, good morning. Just, uh, just honored that you guys are here. I love this family. I think this is like let's tone down the churchy part of church and just do this life. And, 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 and whatever it is, and whatever it turns out, we put it into the hands of God. And if you're a guest here, thank you for being here. My name is John, and we've been going through a series called Advent, which just means the, 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 com the coming of an event or of a person. Like your Advent calendar is like a countdown, right? Up to, for your kids, it's just candy, right? They're like, oh, everyday candy. That's the Advent calendar. But what it symbolizes is a countdown till Christmas. And it's uh, the word Advent means there's going to be an event happening, a normal person is coming, but he was talking about the birth of Jesus, the arrival of God with us. And last week we had the Hill City kids, they did our play, and they did incredible, right? And, and, I, and I just want to thank Tammy and Josh and Megan, they're all not here, because they're probably in the sun somewhere, right? Instead of negative seven this morning, I apologize, Randy, she was... He was cranking the truck this morning. It's probably negative 30. Uh, but uh, just, just, they acted out the birth of Christ. They spoke, they sung, they acted. They did such a great job. And this week, uh, what I want to do is I want to take you to the book of Matthew uh, for the beginning of, uh, of... So it's so funny. If you look through the Gospels, and the Gospels are the four books written, written about the life of Jesus, we find... Of four different accounts, right? And each writer emphasizes different aspects of Jesus' life, right? And so they're telling the story of Jesus. Mark and John begin with the ministry of John the Baptist. Like, this is Jesus' cousin. He was awesome. He, he ushered in uh, the life of Jesus and his ministry. He doesn't talk about his birth. So Luke begins with the first announcement of John the Baptist and then tells the story uh, that we know as the Christmas story, right? Then, then Matthew, the one we're going to read today, he is like the boring guy. Rather than telling the Christmas story, he tells a genealogy. Anyone, if you guys grew up in church, did you guys ever skip over the genealogy of Matthew? I know I did, like all the time. Like, oh, we're going to read Matthew. I'm like, oh, you don't need to read half of chapter one. It's like 42 generations of human beings, right? And you're like, this guy, we get that dude, and it just goes on forever. I'm like, dear Jesus, like... Get with it. Get to Jesus, right? And that's what I would always think when I was going through Matthew. A genealogy, like, that's the last thing I'm going to read when I want to read about Christmas. But to be honest, I hated reading the beginning of Matthew. I don't know if you did. Like, I was forced to. My parents would, like, uh, like force us to read, like, a book and then, like, get, like quiz us on that. I was like, this is, like, torture? <laughs> so we'd have to test. Man, I can't even say these names. You're, I'm not going to tell you who, like, Jesus is great, 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 great. I had no idea, right? But it, it, most people normally skip over this and because the names were too long and you couldn't pronounce it. But today, as I was studying Matthew, and as I became dull, I started studying Matthew, uh, the tax collector, we had, and, and who was... So Matthew, the writer of Matthew, does that make sense? He, he, as he was writing the story of Jesus, we, we wonder why he wrote this long genealogy. And if you don't know Matthew, Matthew was a tax collector. He was handpicked by Jesus in the middle of his crazy life. He wasn't all put together. He was like, oh, you're put together. I pick you. No, he was like, you're crazy. I pick you. Right? I was like, all right, Jesus. That's how Jesus rolls sometimes, right? And, and, and so I, I'm seeing this. And my hope today is that we can hear what Matthew is going to say. And it would reveal more of the heart of God. I just want to reveal this event. Because it's not about a baby in a manger. It is. That's what happened. But it's more than that. It's a reveal of God's heart. And, and so I want to show you meaning verses. No matter where you stand today, no matter what you think about Jesus, many of us in here, we, we believe in Christ. Many of us, we, we're on the fence. Some of us do not believe. And it, it's okay. My hope is to reveal more of what the Bible says about Him and what God is and, and, and the beauty of Christmas. So I'm going to read. We're going to run right into this. And uh, I, I just pray God speak to our hearts. Matthew 1, 1, all right? Let's start reading. This, so uh, 
So it, it, when you're going to start Christmas, you don't say, this is the genealogy of Jesus, right? And he starts naming off the Messiah, the son of David, right? The son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. And on and on and on. 42 generations of this. Awesome. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to read parts of it, okay? So the letter is written to Jewish readers. So Jewish people are reading this. And Matthew is making a case that Jesus is the Messiah. So he has to be in the line of David and in Abraham. He is the promise of Abraham, and he's in the bloodline of David. So all good Jewish boys who grew up, they understood that Jesus would be in the line of David, okay? So Matthew is making this argument here, and, and he's showing the prestige of David's bloodline and Abraham's bloodline. Yet, Matthew does something really crazy. He goes totally left field on this, and he begins to bring in details of the family tree. And most historians will be that. Right? And, and, and in a male-dominated culture, Matthew begins to name women all throughout Jesus, Jesus' genealogy. Right? And not just any women, but all the crazy parts of the story. Right? All the questionable moments. And it would seem that they would hurt the appeal of Jesus' noble birth. And, and listen, when people, when you tell of your story, I don't know, I, you, you do, I do this, I, maybe I'm just so Korean I do this, but I tell just the best parts of my, my, my family. I don't tell about my crazy Uncle Shin, you know? I don't talk about that, I don't talk about the craziness. I, you know what's so crazy? I like the weird one of my family too. So like, you know, we don't talk about John. So I'm like, oh, I didn't ever think about that. You know? So you, you ever say, you know, you ever have a crazy uncle who raise their hand and the people that don't raise their hand are probably the crazy one, you know? But it's, it's true. But we like the name drop. We like the sports center highlight our family, don't you? When you talk about your family, you're like, oh yeah, my great-grandfather. He was in the war. He was a general, not just a soldier. <laughs> oh, you, uh, you were in the... Probably just a soldier. Right? <laughs> we say things like, oh, my second cousin, they are related to blah, blah, blah. Or, oh, they're, they, they're a manager of Katy Perry or Bono or something. We, we name drop. Name drop, right? I don't know if you've ever name dropped. I, I name dropped here and there. I apologize. You know, it's just like a one-up, you guys. Right? But we see accomplishments and status and wealth. And we try to one-up our friends because our bloodline reflects who we are. Right? Our family name reflects who we are. And in the American culture, it's a little died down. But in the Middle Eastern culture, your family name matters. It matters. It's an honor-based culture. And your name matters in society. And a good name can get you very far in a Middle Eastern culture. Or in the Eastern culture in general, right? Like, like if you are Korean, like you grew up in Korea, your name really matters. It helps you get jobs. If your family line helps you get positions that you don't deserve, but because you have the history, you're like, woohoo, right? And, and so, this is funny. Matthew, he's writing out the history of Jesus, and instead of putting awesome women in there like Sarah and Rebecca and Leah, he starts naming off crazy uncles. I mean, crazy aunties, right? I'm going to name you some here. Let me show you. Matthew 1, 3. Judah, the father of Perez, and this is Hispanic, all right? Uh, <laughs> mother was Tamar, okay, Tamar. And if you don't know the story of Tamar, it's in Genesis, I believe, uh, 38. And it's not one of those stories you read to your children at bedtime, right? It's more like desperate housewives and, and uh, daughter-in-laws hooking up with the father-in-law kind of stuff. Okay? We, we won't go any farther than that. But that's what happens in the Tamar story. We're like, fantastic, right? Good one, Matthew. Put Tamar in there. Then Matthew 5, uh, 1, 5. Then Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Fun one. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. So every woman that Matthew is mentioning is crazy. Rahab, all right? I'm going to talk about Rahab just for a moment. Right? And if you're a church person, you know Rahab. She comes from a nickname. Her name is, uh, you don't say this, but they, they, they nicknamed her. They called her Rahab the... Yeah, you guys know many of you. Prostitute or harlot. And she didn't have the best job title, okay? But imagine that being your title throughout the whole Bible, right? Oh, that's Rahab prostitute. Like, that, that's, you know, you probably don't want to be named that. But she's mentioned in here. And, 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 and what an awesome label. And then Ruth is mentioned. She wasn't even Jewish. 
So Ruth, the way she gets into the story is really odd at best and pretty scandalous. And we can go through it and we won't. But to the Jewish readers, this is so shocking. And if you're trying to hype up Jesus, you're not adding Rahab, Ruth, and Tamar, right? You don't name drop these women. And then Matthew 6, we continue, and we think it's going to go good now. Matthew got it out of his system. He's going to write some good stuff. And Jesse is the father of King David, right? Oh, legendary bloodline. Thank you. Finally, some good stuff. And then the verse continues. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Doesn't even name the mom. Just calls her Uriah's wife. And, 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 and for church folk, and if, you, if you have some history in church, you know that Uriah's wife is Bathsheba, right? Many of us know the story of David and Bathsheba. And it doesn't even mention her name is Bathsheba or as David's wife, but calls Bathsheba Uriah's wife, who was Uriah with David's best friend that he got killed because accidentally got his wife accidentally. But he, he, he uh, something happened, right? And uh, and uh, David, uh, I won't tell the whole story, but got his best friend killed to go after his wife. So David was not that awesome. You're like awesome the bloodline, but not that awesome, right? And you go, like, dang, John, talk about good stuff in Christmas, right? Calm it down. Like, what happened to nice Christmas? Like, angels singing and people praising and beautiful babies. Not Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and had been Uriah's wife. <laughs> Those are the verbiage delivered here. And why bring all this up now to introduce Jesus? You ever ask that? I believe it's because Matthew spent three years with Jesus. He spent day in and day out with Jesus. And he saw the cross. He was at the empty tomb. And he knew that there would be people that felt too far from God. Too messed up. Too broken due to sin. They felt God could never love them, forgive them, choose them. Yet Matthew knew that these were the very people that Jesus came after. Think about that. He wanted to show that Jesus did not only come for sinners, Jesus came from sinners. Think about that. That's amazing. Jesus did not only come for sinners, he came from sinners. And it was okay. God can handle that. God can handle that. It was the whole point. The heart of Christmas is that Jesus comes after us, he gives us forgiveness. When, when we know condemnation. See, these people, all they knew was the law. They knew a world of condemnation. This, this, this. It was like, it was very harsh. And then Jesus comes and says, you're still in. I still got you. I still got you. And for Matthew, his story as a tax collector, he was not a man even looking for Jesus. He was not a man looking like, oh God, forgive me. No, the day he met Jesus, he wasn't at youth camp. He wasn't at despo, right? He wasn't even at church singing Jesus songs. No, he was blackmailing poor people, extorting people for the Roman Empire. He was a, he was a tax collector. He was part of the mob. And, he, and, and in this moment, in the middle of Matthew's sin, that's when Jesus came after him. Not because he's good, or because he deserved a second chance. No, because the call of God on our life has nothing to do with our goodness, guys. When you say, at least I'm not that person, trust me, you are that person. When we look through the book, uh, the Bible, and we pick out Rahab's and we give them titles and things like that, man, that's what the church used to do. We gave titles so easily, I'm telling you, we, that's who we are. We are, we are that person. We are the days in the Bible. And God's incredible, unimaginable grace covers our darkness, our addictions, our history, our fears, our condemnation, our worries, our selfish lives to find us right where we are. Christmas is God giving us His very best when we were at our very worst. And today I'm going to give you two quick points of that, and uh, and we're going to run right in. If you have, if you're taking notes or if you're pretending to text on your phone, that's okay. <laughs> Write this in. The gospel is good news, not good advice. 
The gospel is good news, not good advice. So Matthew, he, you know, if it was just a fairy tale, if it was just a story you're telling, you don't document genealogy, honestly, right? You don't write down genealogy if this is just a farce, it's a fake. He's actually proving to the Jewish reader where Jesus actually came from. He's dating back every generation, connecting to David, connecting to Abraham, that he is in the line, he's in the correct place to be the Messiah, right? The gospel is not good news, it's, not, it's, it's, it's good news, not good advice. And it's not, it's not an allegory. It's not even good principles and rules to live by. Many Americans, we live, we live like the gospel, like the Bible, is just good principles. Like, you just live by those rules. They're good Judeo-Christian rules, right? And we, if we live by them, they, they will do us good. But these are not just good principles to live by. They are actual historic writings. Matthew saying this actually happened. And here's the proof. Because all of Christianity depends on a moment, an event. It's more than a teaching. It's more than good principles we tell our kids, which are good. I'm telling you, tell these, teach your children these things. Teach one another. Keep them in your life. But it's based on an actual person named Jesus of Nazareth. And it's not good advice, but it's not just good advice, but good news. And, 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 and yes... And we must love our neighbors, we must humble ourselves, we must reach to the, out to the marginalized, we must have a heart for the broken, we must serve one another, this is all good stuff. But Christianity is more than advice and a good way to live. It's restoration of our relationship with God. If you have the good morals and you're a good person and you're living by good principles, but you don't have a relationship with God, you don't understand Christianity. That's right. Because many times that's what we teach what Christianity is. Oh, it's good stuff, so your life is better. No, it's about Jesus. He is God, and He came to save us when we could not save ourselves. We could not save ourselves. It's about the death and the resurrection of Jesus, that He rose from the dead, and we too, who put our faith in God, will rise with Him in this life and the next. It's funny, like... Uh, I'm reading this book. It's called Notes from a Tilt-A-World. If you like philosophy and uh, theology mixed together, get it. It's by Andy Wilson. You probably have to read like five times to make sense of it because he talks in very hippie language. Uh, but he talks about like fairy tales and things like that. He, and, we, and he's like, he says, people complain that we, they read the Bible and they say it's just a fairy tale and things like that. Or they read, uh, they used to, do anyone know who C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien is? They used to complain that J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis because they were so intellectually and theologically strong. They, they knew how to describe God, right? But they wrote fantasy stories, right? You guys know, one of them is called Lord of the Rings. Any L-O-T-R, anyone? Right? Right? And the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, that was like R-L-O-T-R back when we were kids, right? It was like awesome, except it was like British people did it back in the day. Uh, but, but I was just thinking, if you look at your life, and you look at everything around us, the sun coming out, it's freezing, like, we live in this magical, like, I don't want to say magical, but I'll say magical world. Like, amazing! What? I Just think about love. Think about the person in your life. Think about this moment where we gather together and we can talk about Jesus. Think about all the things that happen in your life, hard and, 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 and hardship and goodness. But this is a magical place. You get to live this life. You get to live this life. I, I say around here, there could have been 8 million other yous in the moment of conception, but you won the lotto, folks. You won. You made it. Like, it's so crazy that we sometimes belittle this life. But if you're living, I want you to live. Live like you won, because you won. If you know Jesus and you're alive, good God, like that is like one out of a, I don't know, multi-trillion chance that you got there. If you add all the messes that it could have been. So I'm just saying, like, let us not belittle our moment and blame life and say it's, it's that the life's fault. We can embrace this moment. That is what the Bible is about. That's what the kingdom of God is about. Like, it's about new life. Like, wake up. God is with you. God is for you. He's giving you hope. He's giving you dreams. He's giving you life. You won the lotto. Stop sitting back and let life run over you. But live 
the kingdom of God. You have a king that loved you, that came from heaven to earth, so that he can say, I'm for you. That is the heart of Christmas. And I know I'm crazy and I'm yelling because I don't have a microphone. But you know what? If we honestly believe that we can have a relationship with God, that will change everything. Amen. C.S. Lewis wrote this. He said, There has been no lack of good advice for the last 4,000 years. A bit more would not have made a difference. We never have followed the advice of great teachers. Why would we likely begin now? Why would we be more likely to follow Christ than any other? Because he is the best moral teacher that makes even less likely that we shall follow him. If we cannot take the elementary lesson, it is likely that we are going to take the most advanced ones. If Christianity only means one more bit of good advice, then Christianity is no more important, of importance. So when you think of Jesus, He is real. He, wants, he is God with us. He wants to save us. That's the good news. That's the good news. So it's not good advice. It's good news. Number two, God is working it out. Romans 8.28. This is for most of us. It says, As we know that all things God works for the good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. And depending on where you are standing, if you're going through hardship or like, I want to hear the more good news, like help me out, Jesus. Or if you're on the other side, you're like, I understand that. I understand that. And when we read the genealogy of Jesus, we find that so many people we feel shouldn't be in the lineage is there. They show up, even the messiest ones. So no matter your history, this shows me, no matter your family line, no matter your current circumstance, your failures, I just want to say this, you're not disqualified, guys. You're not disqualified. You're not disqualified. You're loved by God. I don't know, some of you guys need to hear this because you guys are dealing with just the heaviness of life. And life can be heavy on how we see it, how we view it. But in, in those moments, know that you are not disqualified. God, God loves you. And there's people in this room that do love you. But we need to know. We need to know. We need to be honest, right? We need to be honest. And so this, so some of us, we look at life as, and we settle. And we say, this is it. This is my life. And, and we just let it take us wherever it takes us. And we can believe God for others, but it's hard to believe God for yourself. Isn't that true? It's so easy to believe God for others, but it's so hard to believe God for ourselves. But I just want us to remember Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and had been Uriah's life. <laughs> God can use your life. In the words of one of my favorite movies, Shawshank Redemption, Andy said, it comes down to a simple choice, really. We get busy living, or we get busy dying. There's so many people alive, they're not living. And we are existing. We're just getting through. Because and, and all of us, we have different cards handed to us in life. And some of us, harder than others. Trust me, it, it's true. It's true. And, 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 and I, I just, I don't want you to live this life. I don't want you to live the boring Christian life. Because the boring Christian life is an oxymoron. Boring Christianity. I, 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 that's what people know about Christianity, but I'm just telling you. That is an oxymoron that doesn't make sense. Because Christi the Christian life is all about faith, risk, and belief. Right? But so many of us have removed faith, risk, and belief out of Christianity. And we want good advice. Good principles to live by. Then we're all left with this good advice, right? Today I want us to think again. Can we trust that God is working things out even when we don't understand I hope you're rethinking what it means to follow Jesus. I want you, I want Hill City Church to bring back faith, risk, and belief. Even if it's nervous faith, even when it's hard for you. Man, you've got to push through and live by faith. You can't follow Jesus without faith. It's impossible. It's impossible to see God without faith. You've got to move by faith. And it's funny. You know how you grow in faith? You move in faith. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know how you get you grow and you take a risk? You've got to take a risk. And in the same way, the way you grow in faith in Jesus, you have to move just a little bit by faith. And then God infuse your faith. It's like Alice Wiggle. Alright. And when we when we move in faith, God puts us in more situations that we have to move in more faith. And that's how your faith grows. It begins to snowball. 
But if you want the boring Christian life, which does not exist because it has no faith in it, then just accept it as good principle. But if you want the life that God has for us, the life that Christmas is all about, you have to move in risk and in faith. I'm telling you, the only reason that I, Candace is my wife today is called risk. She took a big risk. Yeah, you're so lucky to have her, John. I know, I know, right? That's what people always say. Just someone tell her that she's lucky to have me today. Make me feel good. Like but the, the biggest decision to not, Gina, that is called risk, my friend. You are only married to this lovely woman because you took a chance and moved by faith. It is. And my, my dad, you moved by faith in the good way. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the things that matter most in our lives, having, like, just, like, raising children or being married or, like, going after that one job, that was all moves of risk and faith. And in Christianity, if you want God to move, we should be known of people of faith, risk, and belief that all things are possible for those who believe those who are believers, right? And so, if there's one thing to know it, but act, the actualization of knowledge is called doing. It's called action. You cannot live in faith without action. And as we close this up, because I'm yapping too much, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and had been Uriah's wife, right? They're the same as Jen, Caleb, John, Marcy John, and they're all, they're us. They are who we are. They're Juan. They're Jan. They're Anthony. And they're us. And when we read this Bible, let's not say that's them, that's man. God can move through them. And through their lives, God brought the birth of Jesus. And through your life, God will reveal Jesus. I believe it as we move in faith. And we don't let our situation become our identity. Your situation, what you've gone through, or what you're doing, is not your identity. Your identity comes from your maker. The way, it can only come from God. If God made you, He gives you the identity. Not a person. Not a system. Not your job. Not your history. The maker of your heart, the creator, the one who created you, thought you, and put you right here on purpose, He's the only one who can give you identity. Don't believe in the lies of our world. Believe in Jesus. Believe in what He has said in the Bible. In, and move by faith, belief, and risk. Amen, guys? Let's stand. Let's stand. Your story is not over. It's just beginning, folks. Your story is not over. It's just beginning. Your marriage... Your, your, your relationships, your life, whatever you're going through, it's not over. It's not the end of your story. God can use anything. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, happen your eyes wife, right? God can use anything to bring about His glory in all situations. So if you're here today and, and you feel like you can't earn it, you, know, some, you don't have to earn God's love. It was a gift to you. It's purchased by Him. You don't have to clean yourself up. Some of us, this is what we think. I can't come to church. How many of you felt this way or have heard someone like, uh, I'll clean myself up and then I'll go to church? Like, church is not Jesus, right? Church is a good place where the family gathers, yes. But man, if you need to get God, just get God. Like, He loves you. You don't need to clean yourself up. You've been free approved, right? You get those free approved credit cards. And you know that they're not true? I'm telling you, the free approval does not come from your credit, because your credit is lousy, it's filled with sin, right? Your free approval comes from God's credit in Jesus Christ, and it, it is 850, all right? If you guys don't know what that means, you don't have a car, right? But I'm just telling you, God's got you. On His credit, by His Son, He loves you. You don't have to bear the weight of this world on your shoulder. He's got you. All we have to do is move in faith, risk, and belief towards Jesus as our King. Matthew 11, 28, I wrote, Come to me, all who are weary, and carry a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. I believe many of us in this room 
We need the rest of God for our lives, for our heart and soul, for our anxiety, for our business, our worry, our fear, and I'm telling you the truth. I've, I've tried many different ways to find my rest. There's only one way. It's only for Jesus. It's funny that we try to be our own answer, but we are the problem, so you can't be your answer. You know what I'm talking about? If you are the problem, you can't be your answer. The answer has to be found outside the problem. I'm telling you, the answer is Jesus. Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I just thank you for Tamar, for Rahab, Ruth, Hadvin, Uriah's wife. Lord God, I pray. I just thank you, Lord God. Knowing who they are, Lord God, and you were born out of their lineage, that they brought you forward, Jesus. And that our role as the family of God is to bring you forward, God. And I pray that is the heart of Christmas. That there is a God who loves us, not because of our goodness, not because of our history, but because of your good. Your good. I pray in this moment, if there's some of you in here that's going through a hardship, man, and you just want me to know about it, I just want you to just, like, just raise your hand, make eye contact with me, I'll just pray for you. I'll pray for you guys. Thank you. You can raise your hand, you can raise your eyes. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I pray for so many hands in this place. Can you just put your hand on someone's shoulder? Even a stranger, it's okay. Alright? And pray for the person next to you. Heavenly Father, I just pray in this room, Lord God. I just pray for the people, Lord God, that are going through some hardship, Lord God, that just need rest for their souls that is only found in Jesus, Lord God. And I pray that rest, Lord God, come today, Lord God. I pray that people would be in their lives and that we would not be afraid to open up to reveal who we really are because we are all Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and had been Uriah's wife, Lord. We all have history we don't like, God. But Lord, you use and you still love us, Lord God. We thank you for that. And I pray as Hill City Church, it's just a label for just the people, the family of God. As we move forward, we move in risk, in faith, in belief, in Jesus, not in ourselves, Lord God, in you, Lord God. We love you, we thank you, we rest for our souls today. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you, thank you for being here. We have pictures, please eat all the pastries. We're